Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Alive at 825. It's episode three, presented by Victoria Theatre Arts Center. My name is Chris Wilborn, and I am your host. This week, we are talking to my good friend, Adam Booker, a.k.a. Booker B. Uh, He is a visual and sound artist, and I hope you enjoy this interview. This is a podcast. This What's podcast up, is called. This is gonna be an awkward left-handed high five. All right. Uh, this is a podcast called Alive at Eight Two Five. It's a presentation of Victoria Theater Arts Center, of which uh, I am somehow still the board chair. They haven't kicked me out yet. Fantastic. Uh, my name is Chris Wilborn, and I'm sitting here with Adam Booker, Booker B. Frank Bookman, depending on who you ask. Ooh, bringing it back. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. <laughs> Damn, wasn't expecting that one. Yeah. Um, I know you as a St. Paul dude who's been around for a long time. We went to high school together. We were just talking off the microphone about how we both graduated at Central in 98. Indeed. And at that time, you were living with your folks uh, just over around the way on Ashland. Yep, was living with my pops. Yep, and we used to uh, make a bunch of beats in your dad's basement, which is pretty we cool. We did, yeah. But uh, since then, you have moved into Frogtown. You went out and bought your own piece of real estate. I did in oh, our in our yeah. fair city. Yeah, kind of at the wrong time, but yes, I've been in Frogtown for 14 years now. Yeah, which is awesome. I love the neighborhood, um, and uh, yeah. Well, we are talking to Frogtown and Rondo artists, okay. and the idea is to talk about your art, and with how and to talk about how your art intersects with the with this community. Dope. Right, um, so let's get started with that. Fantastic. Um, you are a producer, an illustrator, a painter. Um, you've had some things that have gone out there and I think sold for a little bit of money now and then, and yeah. you've produced some pretty cool projects. So we're gonna talk yeah. through all of that. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go in absolutely no particular order, but I'm gonna start with an early question. Uh, you went to Carmichael and Carmichael before Central, as I recall, right? Um, I actually, I well, started at Central okay. as a freshman and I was there for probably a couple months. Okay. Okay. And around that time I had heard of Carmichael as a freshman for me, Central was like overwhelming. Sure. You know, it's a big coming from, you know, junior high to going to Central, it was a big school. Um, I was a little overwhelmed. Some friends of mine had, I had heard had discovered this art school downtown St. Paul, Carmichael and Carmichael Studio School. So so I left Central and went to Carmichael and was there for um, a couple years. And then I was duly enrolled at Central and Carmichael for my last two years of high school. But, Sweet. Yep. And uh, I know, so I asked some mutual friends of ours who know, who know more about you actually at Carmichael and Carmichael. Oh. And... Uh, so this was before the high school for recording arts, which I think more St. Paul people would now know and was maybe kind of the analog now that would be closest to it. Maybe possibly. I mean, I, I don't think know. it's just its own beast. I don't know. I, I, maybe. Yeah. I, it's its own thing, you know, Carmichael and then eventually creative arts school. Yeah. Was focused on all different art areas and, HSRA, from what I understand, is primarily the yeah. high school for recording arts. Yep. So what I remember is when when we first met, when you came back to Central, or when you were hanging around, maybe not back at Central, um, you had like a pile of beats that you had created on an old Trinity keyboard. Yeah. I um, was just thinking about that today, actually. I was, yeah, I was just... <laughs> so funny, because I remember playing some of that stuff for you. I was listening to Bonobo before I left the house. Oh, okay, well, cool. And it was like kind of more of a housey tune, and there was like this, you know, I guess like a acid-style synth arpeggio yeah reminded me of some stuff that i was doing on the trinity that i played for you and you're like damn man what are you doing yeah <laughs> that's so funny yeah and uh so i i asked our mutual friend john muadib from high okay. respects i asked him like if he has like a a, a beat or like a exact memory of that and he started to basically sing me one of them 
Oh, wow. And I wish I had like a voice memo of it <laughs> so that I wow. could play it for you and be like, do you remember the name of this beat? Do you oh, have it saved in your memory Trinity bank stuff? like that? Yeah, That's yeah. so funny, man. His memory is better than mine yeah. is. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So I say all that to say this. Like what led you into the like the beat making production side of this? Yeah. Um, this was like the topic of my, uh, I for some reason was picked to do the speech at my high school graduation oh, i nice. don't know why i don't feel like i'm a good public speaker or very eloquent necessarily but oh man so anyways my whole concept about that is that my art interests changed as the f- the focus or offerings of carmichael developed so i when i first started at the high school which, by the way, was a very, very interesting alternative high school, um, <laughs> to say the least. It was primarily arts-focused, so I painted my ass off. I don't know if I can swear on this button. Yeah, swear all you want. So I was painting my ass off, and that was my day, primarily, was smoking cigarettes with my friends and painting my ass off. And eventually, um, I don't remember if it was specifically Peter or Wells, but one of our teachers at the time you know was making an effort to build up a music program and you know max and i at the time um were giving them suggestions about you know we think you should buy a set of turntables mpc blah 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 yeah. dope synthesizer so that's kind of how that music program started is they had some money to work with from the district so they bought it set of turntables um mpc uh the triton actually i think is what it was yeah right wasn't that the i first think it was the trinity, the trinity. Before, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and then yes. the tritons the triton came, came afterwards after. yeah okay, you're right yeah so the, so you know so they bought synthesizer and that's kind of how i got started and i think they the i just rollin three mc 303 yep i was working with for a little while and then they bought the 808. The Dr. Rhythm. Or maybe it was. I think it was the Dr. Rhythm thing. Because I remember I MC bought one of those and then you schooled whatever. me on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, that's kind of how the whole music program at Carmichael got started that eventually turned into the music program that I ran at Creative Arts for yeah, 18 years or something like yeah. that. You know, um, which is just a trip. But it started with our recommendation for them to get some hip-hop gear basically i i remember um early in our relationship the lobbying for an mpc was not just at, at school it was also at home oh man yeah i saved my pennies man i was yeah. working at the, the grandview theater i think at the time yeah. you know yeah and you got the mpc downstairs which yep. led to which led to like a whole phase of beat making that was like all new and crazy and fun yeah and yep. uh and led to some pretty interesting collaborations i feel like even in that era mm-hmm. probably like that like i think powdered water was like right near the beginning of that time with idea as i recall maybe not the beginning of that time but okay, somewhere in there because okay I remember yeah. before you got the the mpc we had my old gemini mixer with gemini the little push button buttons, sampler yep. Five sample buttons, yeah, all different lengths or a yeah. variety of lengths. It was super ghetto. It's Trigger. the kind of thing that's really meant only for like a DJ to put in a little sample while they're mixing. Yeah, but we were having our time of our lives yeah. with that thing, you know. <laughs> yeah, um, cheesing out with like little stupid loops that didn't quite loop right. It didn't matter. Didn't matter, man. That was yeah. That was some of the funnest stuff, man. Definitely pinnacle moment in high school as far as making beats was yeah. on that damn little sampler. And then eventually it was, well, then I was working with, I don't know, the MC808 or whatever that was, the mm-hmm. Rollin MC808. And I remember one of the first interlock meetings we had in the basement. Yep. And man, I forget who it was. I think it was Unicus. Was like, man. Why? Because at the time, like, I was really enthusiastic about making beats, but my shit was not that tight. <laughs> you and me both, brother. <laughs> you know, it was, like, pretty cheesy, like, electro-sounding, because that was all built-in sounds on the 808. 
you know, and Unicus was like, man, why are you making beats on this thing when you got this thing leaning against the wall? And right around that time, my uncle had given me the Ensonic EPS yeah, just as a synthesizer. I didn't even know it was a sampler at the time, but Unicus had recorded with Ant, and that's what he was using. Yeah. At that or the ASR or something. You yeah, know, I think Ant. I think maybe he started on the EPS and then and it moved, moved to the ASR. To the yeah. ASR. But. I think for those who are listening and don't know what the heck we're talking about, like just start Googling some of these terms. <laughs> ASR 10, I think it was the, yeah, these are, these yeah. are keyboards that are like foundational to certainly to twin cities, hip hop sound, well, but hip hop, hip hop in general, but for sure, like twin cities, hip hop, as you know, it was basically born on some of these devices. Absolutely. So, um, this, like I'm saying all of this to like, to lead to a place. Right. So, these early stages of fumbling with beats that we all went through um, led to some pretty cool collaborations. You've had some opportunities to work with some like Twin Cities hip hop royalty here and there. Um, like, you want to shout out any of those collaborations? Well, I mean, I guess, you know, kind of the one that comes to mind immediately is the collaboration that I did with Idea for my record, Bass Mentality. You yeah. Know? Um, and that really is a collaboration that came out of. Uh, um, we were on the road traveling to Scribble Jam in, God, I don't know, would have been 98. I think, well, I, I traveled down with those guys and I think it was 96 and 98 or 97 and 99. Anyways, okay. the specific date, I don't remember. But so he's flipping through my sketchbook. We're just, you know, shooting the shit, whatever. And at the time, I was doing these drawings that were just a series of faces. And he's like, you know, he always called me an art guy and shit like that. And he was like, you know what, fuck, you're kind of an art guy. Well, you're pretty good at this shit. <laughs> so, you know, he said, um, it would be, this actually works so well. It is so in line with the concept for my record, The Many Faces of Oliver Hart. So that's yep. when he asked me to do the record cover. And, you know, he said, well, I can flip you some money or um, if you want, we can just collab on something. Yeah. I'm like, well, yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, we should be collabing anyways, but you yeah. know, I always like the idea of trading amongst artists. So. Yeah. And I, I know that you've also, you did you do the whole record with Carnage? Did you do all, and then, did you produce that entire yes, record? Yes, yep. Yeah, so yeah. his first record, um, Sense of Sound, we were working as a, as a team for years as sense of sound um and had been working on a record under the name sense of sound you know and then i don't know it took a long time but um eventually did uh put that out under carnage i don't remember the exact wording but carnage assisted by, or i don't know whatever yeah, yeah. you know produced by something Book like that or yeah. something i don't know yeah, so, <laughs> yeah um but yes yep the whole record uh with carnage which was fun you know oh god i don't know he's still doing it he's know? still doing it and he's taking that the beatbox element which i think he was just starting to learn at that point yeah and really taking yep. it to another level it's phenomenal yeah it's just fucking insane what he does with his voice yeah it is it's really just a crazy crazy just show. him and a couple of loop pedals and he, yep. just, he makes it something crazy it every time. very beastly yeah so you touched on something that I wanted to move to next, though, because you have been painting, as you said, and drawing forever. And I remember when we first met, you had this like really large, well, in my mind now, probably looking back at it, maybe it wasn't that big, but in my mind, this giant painting that was like in your studio, sort of like right behind where your samplers and keyboards were sitting along the wall. Basement and it was one of your basement. Space. Basement. Okay. Yep. Uh -huh. um, and uh, it was like one of your big faces. And I'm like, this is super cool. This guy like has a style and this, this face, the face motif is something that obviously you've stuck with. I was going to ask where that came from. For those who have not seen his art, we'll definitely post a link so that you can go check it out. Sure. He does have a website, so we'll, we'll steer, steer you there. But like, I'm wondering if you can pinpoint like where that came from or if it's just a thing you've always been God, doing. I don't know, man. Yeah. I, um, I mean, I think I was probably pretty influenced by characters i just the whole graffiti culture as a kid was huge you know yeah skateboarding for me as a kid and graffiti and the artwork that 
uh, came out of those worlds. I mean, I know that they overlap. Um, but, you know, I think I was, like, pretty just stoked on the concept of adding a character to whatever your tag was. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think probably some... That was some of the earliest influence, but I've always had a thing for eyes, you know, just like the eye motif has just kind of come up over and over and over throughout my artwork. But at some point I just started doing faces and, you know, and then that led to just entire pages in my sketchbooks filled with faces. And, um, I'm really, I guess, attracted to the concept of like activating a space, whether it's a wall or a page in a sketchbook, but just, just kind of like making it as funky and um, vibrant as as possible. So yeah, I think I don't know. Not sure yeah, where maybe, it came from. I mean, honestly, like maybe I'm not that creative actually. And I just like <laughs> I got stuck in something that I thought was dope and I had a hard time getting out of I don't know. You, you know, know what though? I feel like uh I feel like that's all right. Cause every time that I've seen like I can remember from high school seeing what you were doing, and I've certainly okay. seen more recent things. And there is a progression. Like, I mean, maybe you look at them and you think they're the same, but they don't look the same to me. Sure. So I feel like there's an evolution there. In the faces and, themselves yeah. or in general? Yeah, in, ge- okay. in, the, in the faces themselves, yeah. but just okay. in general as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it's like, because I like, you know, I, I don't fancy myself an artist and like the, like I'm, I can draw, but I've never been like, yeah, like you should check out my sketchbook. It's got some dope shit in it too, you know? Sure. Um, so for me, like I, I have my one character that I feel like I can draw pretty well. And, but if I, if you ask me to draw it, it's going to look the same. <laughs> yeah. I think everybody um, probably yeah, does. Um, and, uh, but I feel like what's cool about yours is that, yeah, you say you've, you've kind of fixated on the eye or that you've mm-hmm. had this one face you've been sort of doodling forever. But I think that like looking at the many faces of Oliver Hart record cover, for example, like that showed me actually that there is more than than one because like there's always oh, definitely you yeah, know I don't you've mean got a crowd say, you've got a crowd in your head absolutely <laughs> I don't mean to say that it's been the same face over and over but just the concept of doing faces is something yeah. that I go have gone to a lot I've moved away from that you know in previous in recently I haven't mm-hmm. been doing as many faces but yeah well it lends to a sort of monogram like graphic. Which led to another cool opportunity, I think, for you. Because I think that you got a chance to do some wallpaper at the Radisson I Blue. I did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Damn. You know, it's so funny. Just before we started, or I guess actually as I was pulling up here tonight, a dear friend of mine sent me an image of just a printout of an earlier version of that design. And, you know, he just said, I love looking at this thing. He's got it framed in his face. So it's so fun to see that design or that series of drawings that eventually was turned into a wallpaper show up in people's lives or maybe that's a weird way of saying that but just you know i see people posting it in their stories on instagram or you know i don't know how many hundreds of selfies have been done in the wallpaper or yeah. in the uh of the, with that wallpaper because it's in, in a bathroom, bathroom right yeah yeah Rad- the bathroom you know, selfie is a thing blue. yeah every single bathroom in my fucking radisson blue has that wallpaper love it it's crazy yeah <laughs> it's fucked so, up so I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you a business question then okay have why not parlay that into like you could yes you have a style you have an aesthetic Mm -hmm. into more Um, wallpaper you're saying yeah yeah more wallpaper definitely like make make pillowcases of it like what you know whatever i don't know whatever i would love to do all that yeah you know and i actually was in conversation with the wallpaper company here for a while and then i don't know for some reason it didn't pan out there's just some other weird shit going on at the time uh you know, I had a full-time job and I think I just got distracted by teaching, to be honest with you. Sure. You know, and, and then, so that opportunity never came to fruition. Maybe it's still an opportunity, but I would love to do more wallpaper. That'd be super dope. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so you, you're, you're doing a good job of doing my segues for me. So you said that you ended up moving into teaching mm-hmm. tell me yeah. about tell me about that transition you went very much from yeah, like a damn. like a hands-on like i'm making uh and i'm not saying that you stopped but you went very much from like hands-on making to really moving towards a pl- a position where you're helping kids 
take on that role instead? Like, what was that transition like? And what led to that? Was Did you just fall into it? Or Honestly, did you something wake just, up and just say, I, I need to do something different today? No, I mean, I think that, that you nailed it in saying that that's, it's not so much, it's fell in my lap, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, it was an opportunity that was presented to me right after graduating high school. You know, I was hired by the, you know, the, the dude that was running the music program at uh, at the school, he hired me as a studio assistant the year after I graduated. And, you know, I loved it. I don't know. I still had a bunch of friends that were going there. And I, at the time, I was more familiar with equipment than he was. He was there to just kind of facilitate. Yeah. For for our, our listeners reference, where, where was, where is, was this school? Sure. So... When I was at Carmichael and Carmichael Studio School, that was downtown St. Paul. And then it turned into Creative Arts High School. And, and that moved. They moved from Lower Town to University. So yeah. right here in Frogtown, you know, University and whatever. And a space that I think is now, is that Oxford? Milton. Milton? Oxford, there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oxford. Yeah. And a space that I think is maybe now a church or something. It is Agape. There we go. So it's still St. Paul Public okay. Schools. Got gotcha. you. Yeah, man. We, you know, we had a utopia type school situation there for years. For, I don't know, 14 years or something like that. Right on university. So I was a studio assistant. This, I'll just give you kind of a short version of this story. But I was a studio assistant there for Wells, uh, who was the, the guy who was running the audio program. And the following year like a couple weeks before school started, something like that. I got a call from the school and they said, yo man, um, our music teacher just dipped to Peru. Oh no. <laughs> like two weeks before school. Started. Two weeks before school. It was just like, you know, it'd be a good idea. I'm going to Peru, man. Yeah. Fuck this <laughs> so, so they called me and said, you know, we loved what you were doing with the classes. Could you come in and, and help us out basically until we figure something else out. And, um, and then I was there for 17 years. <laughs> there you go. You know, I it loved took, it. It took them that long yeah. to figure it out. And at that point they figured out that they were closing. <laughs> <laughs> Some sh- I don't know. Um, you know, the music program was my life really. And was just tremendous. We really had a just phenomenal thing going on, uh, there on university. And then eventually it moved downtown St. Paul for I think the last four years that I was with the school and those studios were just phenomenal. I mean, we're talking like they really pimped those spaces out and I got to work with the architects to design those spaces. I said, this is what I need. We need individual studios. I need a big classroom, blah, 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 you know, um, live room, et cetera. And it was just incredible. Um, okay. Yeah. It was super cool. So, yeah. So cool. Well, I know that uh, I know that as the years have gone by, you've stayed you've stayed in touch with a lot of kids from. Well, I guess I'll say both communities because when it was in Frogtown, it seemed like a lot of the students that were there were actually Frogtown kids. I think so. I mean, um, honestly, but, they came from all over the place. But yeah, yeah somewhere. But uh, have any of these? Have you stayed in touch with any of them? Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Any of them done anything that's just blown you away? Absolutely. Any, you know. any names we might know? Well, sure, you know. I mean, don't put, like, any minors on blast right now, but yeah. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I guess, like, just to name a couple that come to mind, you know, Lexi, obviously. Yep, we'll is, talk about her very soon, yep. You know, is is one of those students that um, was really on just a phenomenal trajection. Uh, and uh, you know, Alan Kingdom is another one that came out of the the program there at Creative Arts and um you know yeah super cool yeah so what are you doing now uh well that's a good question i am doing full-time art basically you know it's always been my dream to i mean i don't want to say be an artist because i've been an artist all these years even with you know full-time job teaching etc etc but um yeah so i'm now i'm supporting myself with my artwork which Sweet. is a trip you does know? that mean you are selling paintings does that Doing mean you all, are man, yeah. you know just like you got the project i'll help you out you know awesome but it's 
it's pretty wild. Even though that was my goal for however many years, you know, people would ask me, are you still teaching? What are you up to? And I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm te still teaching. I love it. You know, it's the best job I could have next to supporting myself with my artwork. That was kind of always my in my mind. Like, sure. Teaching for me is the best job I could have, um, you know, aside from eventually. That was always in my mind. Support myself with my artwork. So, so I am doing that. And that means any number of different things. I'm selling prints. I got my website going. I'm doing painting commissions for people. That's honestly is primarily what I'm doing artistically now is commissions. So between painting commissions and logo work, uh, I'm staying busy. You know, I've always got a pretty big list of projects that I'm working on. Do you, uh, do you have any advice for a artist who is trying to get to that point where they're paying their bills with this? Yeah, absolutely. Well, for I'm, sure. I mean, I'm sure that, you know, I'm still figuring it out, to be honest with you. But uh, I guess the biggest piece of advice is just like, I don't know, maybe as cliche as it is, just grind on your work. You know, just work, 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 work. And for me, as much as I have like kind of a love-hate relationship with social media, um, it is just pretty tremendous for me as far as networking with people you know and and so many of the commissions that i get are through social media people are seeing what i'm doing sure and then all of a sudden i'm popping in their head like oh man it'd be dope to get this dude to paint something for my space or i've been needing a, a logo for my business and um that's really is a, a pretty big avenue i guess for yeah um kind of stream of projects coming in but cool yeah how has uh how, how has if at all how has your immediate surroundings like how has frogtown shaped the work that you're doing um damn well uh yeah i mean i guess that's a good question i mean fair also fair to say like it hasn't like yeah, if, sure. if you're one of these people it's like nah I, you know i get all my influences from like what i see at tv at 2 30 in the morning that's also fine but uh you know if you know i know a lot of artists do pull from their surroundings so i wonder if that's at all part of your process i mean i think just being in a neighborhood really actually is probably a bigger influence than i even take into account because i am living here you know i am a frog town artist not to say that i like have all of these like frogtown related projects even though recently i did which is super exciting but um you know just kind of being here because i'm i'm living here you know and and when i'm when i go out for lunch or go out for dinner i'm typically i'm hitting one of these fud joints on university you know yeah or you know it's like i it's really important to me to support these local businesses and just being in the area really I'm, pretty certain does have a bigger influence on me and just my mental state than I recognize, you know? Cool. And maybe my work would be different if I were living in uptown or something like that, you know? I don't know. I don't know that it would be that different, but, you know, um, I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure it has some influence on what I'm doing, what I'm working on. Cool. You know? All right, let's take a break. I'm going to cool. hit this, I'm going to hit this space button and then I will stop the recording just briefly. We'll be back. get us rolling again here okay if you if he uh if he chimes in with pertinent information we oh can, sure yeah I, we can I we can blur but get there or you know I, yeah all right so uh you mentioned briefly a little bit ago a name which has been in the news it has been uh tragically in the news so yeah. lexi alger yeah um and you knew her through school yeah um, I only got to meet her once and not, I'm not going to claim that we are best friends or anything like that, but she had a song a few years ago. I had a, a, a hip hop blog called curb weight. Okay. Um, like the curb weight of a vehicle, like heavy on the streets kind of thing. Right. Um, and, uh, we were posting me and my partner, Ashley, we were posting a song every hour, 24 hours a day. Oh. And really, I was making an effort to catch all the stuff from the Twin Cities because okay. we were getting a lot of traffic on this blog. And it was like, OK, cool. Like, this is like one way like that we can get it out there. Chicago has like a dedicated Chicago hip hop blog. And we did not at the time have like anything that was really like that. 
And uh, she had a song, um, and the song was called Grew Apart. And like this song really stuck with me at a time where I was listening to everything. Like my filter was wide open and like there was so many songs with the catchy hook and the video that sticks with you and all this stuff. And there's so many rap songs that just feel like huge and good and positive or like, you know, really aggressive and like that stick with you for attitude reasons. And this was like the exact opposite. It was like the uh, I'm not going to remember it word for word now, but it was like we grew apart. Uh, I'm not going to try to do the hook, but it was like, <laughs> okay. uh, like basically it was like talking about how friendships end and you just like go your different directions. And like, I feel like everybody can relate to this. It felt mm-hmm. like it came from a place of real candor. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was like, this girl is somebody to watch. Cause if yeah. any of her other music sounds this good, like she is going places and like, sure enough, I go check out the rest of the record that it's on and it's all that good. Mm-hmm. She at the time was like, connected with Rocky Diamonds, whose star was sort of rising. And um, yeah, like it really looked like she was going to like, I thought like she's definitely the next one to blow out of the Twin Cities. And where is she from again? Like where was she living at? St. Paul? Frogtown? Yeah, buddy. Like that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, So I got very excited about her. Like she had a song that legitimately stayed stuck in my head for like a month straight at a time where I had so many other rap songs on my radar. Sure. Mm-hmm. So like, I like big impression artistically left on me, especially being so young. Cause I think at the time she was just like 16 or maybe even 15, but like young. Mm-hmm. I don't I, know the specific tune that yeah, you're talking yeah. about, but yeah, I mean, she started when she was Yo, I got a couple friends, I had to cut the ends I couldn't fuck with them, cause they be on some shit I'd be damned if I'm stuck with them Good luck to them, basically what I'm trying to say Is I hope them bitches find a way to live Instead of party time away Try to give advice and let them know they wasn't living right Told them you better get it right Cause you ain't finna live it twice But something wasn't sitting right We grew apart And since we did, I'm starting to feel I don't know who you are We grew apart and you too busy acting new I hate to turn my back to you But this something I have to do We grew apart Never thought you'd be the one I had to lose But half of you doing some shit That I ain't even asking you We hey, grew yo, I know apart. a couple hoes I couldn't yeah. fuck with those They only So this is somebody that you had in your class? Yup And yeah, tell, tell me a little bit about her So she came in to the audio program <clears throat> um, We were downtown St. Paul by this time And she already had a thing going on you know she already had fans when she came in as a student when she was 15 i met her when she was 15 you know and um it was pretty apparent that she was just super driven really inspired had a thing going on yeah and i was i was really impressed you know i'm like god damn she's only 15 super super motivated and just you could tell that there was this determination, but she wasn't cocky at all. She was super modest, you know, um, and kind of, she was also just like pretty shy, you know, um, but there was just immediately like this excitement around whatever she was working on, you know, um, so, yeah, I mean, that was my introduction to her. And honestly, like, I did whatever I could to help her. And I'm not going to lie, like, she was not necessarily the in the m- most traditional sense of the word, like, a, or term, a good student. You know, she didn't come to school a fair amount. <laughs> but when she was there, she was coming to record yeah. in the studio. You know, so I... Some of us can relate to that. That was that was my experience uh, for, in like my sure, last two man. years of Central. You know, that was my refuge was the recording space at Central. You know, oh sorry, uh, Red Space at Central was like I skipped any number of classes yeah. just to go either play the drums or play the piano or you know work on music and you know so I so I understand that. You yeah, know? I think that I always tried to approach my position as a teacher 
from the position of having been in a similar similar place as a student like this is you know my passion is is music um so i understood where she was coming from and um you know just tried to give her as as much access to that opportunity to record at the school as possible so you know um it didn't make sense for her to be in a the traditional like beginning audio class setting as much as it did to just set up an independent study program for her in one of our studios to just record yeah you know and just to teach her pro tools and you know she's just eating it all up you know from the recording process itself to eq and you know some mixing techniques to just she i would just have to show her something once and then she, you know she she's would all get over it, it which really is i mean i can't even really do that yeah i'm not know? that smart <laughs> no i need to write shit down but she would you know she would just uh just learn things super quickly and then you know um yeah so you know she recorded her first uh mixtape sweet 16s at uh you know creative arts in the studios and i don't know how many other students can say that you yeah know? or just people in general like pretty phenomenal yeah so we're using a lot of past tense and mm -hmm. yeah you were actually the one that let me know that she had passed i was i was a couple days late on the news okay um and like i said i only met her once so i'm not i can't claim to have like you know we all feel a loss whenever you hear that somebody's passed but absolutely like, we just mm -hmm. lost somebody that i i honestly thought was like rising star frogtown rising star like yeah. i was very excited about yeah. her so like mm -hmm. i was definitely like oh god damn it yeah when you said that and uh since then uh you know you you know you reached out to me and there have been some negotiations and some things are happening mm -hmm. uh to honor her mm -hmm. you want to tell me a little bit about what's going on sure absolutely man um you know i think well i guess my uh kind of becoming aware of this big event that actually just happened last night was my dude jake hit me up saw you know because i had kind of written this little tribute post or whatever um for lexi that i put out and just you know so i think that he had seen that and reached out to me because he was working on a fundraiser basically f to honor lexi yeah and you know he was connected with um a mutual collaborator of Lexi's Kalani, yep. who, from what I understand, really helped to put Lexi on the map originally by collaborating with her on a tune. Um, so Jake's connected with her through Kalani's manager David, um, and wanted to put on this fundraiser, but kind of wasn't one hundred percent sure what was the best. Um, place for those funds his whole goal was to raise between 30 and fifty thousand dollars for some something to honor her yeah legacy you know so i threw out the idea to put together some kind of a scholarship i had been thinking a little bit about that myself wasn't really sure what the platform would be you know i was not thinking on that grand of terms necessarily but just some way of like honoring her yeah and i don't know you know trying to do something community-based um so i threw out the idea t to him um you know to possibly try and create some kind of a scholarship originally i thought it would be dope to do that through creative arts although just you know that's her alma yeah. mater and you know a school that i was obviously very involved with and that helped her you know, kind of just, I guess, get even that little bit closer to her dream um, of recording music. That didn't really make a whole lot of sense. I wasn't sure what state the audio program is there now. Obviously, yeah. I'm not, you know, I'm not affiliated with Creative Arts anymore. But um, so I actually thought that they like closed. 
Oh. Yeah, I actually thought they were <laughs> okay. like done done. No, I mean, they're still there. Okay. It's a school, you know, they let a bunch of middle school kids in other than, that, you know. No, it's still totally functioning art school. Okay. I think they're doing great stuff down there. But ultimately, after maybe finding that that might not have been the best fit, you gravitated towards the other school we've talked about. Yes, here. well, yeah. <laughs> you guys popped in my head immediately because I knew that you had been, you've been high respects. I should, should clarify by you guys. I know that you guys have been doing the, um, you know, high respects scholarship for years now. Yeah, it's which central. I, yeah, so it's just so dope. You know, really, that's awesome. So you guys popped into my head. I'm kind of just saying, well, you know, I know these guys did it. Um, they might have some information about that. So I think, you know, Jake reached out to Twinkie yep. or, you know, and then I think Twinkie reached out to the high respects folks. Um, so that's kind of how that, uh, got connected. You know, you guys are super, super, I don't know. That's awesome of you to, to make that yeah. connection. Um, yeah. So we, we find ourselves now in a position where we can sort of just help with facilitating, helping to like, like we've been through the process and actually I just got the emails today saying that, Hey, it's that time of year again. Like we're going to start this rollout again, Okay. but we'll, we'll help with the process of going through the applications. All of these kids are going to apply um, mm. to all of the possible scholarships that they can get as they leave I high mean, school. There's, there's a bunch that, yes. yeah. And, uh, and you know, th there's a lot of cool scholarships, the Philando Castile, mm -hmm. uh, family, like they have, they have their scholarship at central as well. Yep. Um, so all of us at the same time sort of start going through these applications and there's, you know, essays, you get to look at their grades, letters of recommendations from teachers wow. and counselors and stuff like that. So the whole higher specs crew. Yeah. We sit down and we look at all of it. Looks at, okay. Yeah. That's super cool. And, uh, we're happy to, you know, help on the back end, you know, facilitate yeah, I, that and work with you guys. The, like we're excited. The, like to the more specific that. details are still being figured out you know yep. so after kind of throwing out the idea like scholarship that'd be super dope you know honor lexi by providing an opportunity to other like musically motivated inspired creative young minds you know hopefully i think now jake is is uh gravitating towards um you know aiming that scholarship toward young women um or uh you know female identifying individuals who are musically motivated yeah but um also like kind of after i threw that idea out i'm just thinking about it and i also i i shot this suggestion to jake and i think that that idea is still like fermenting or i don't know you know yeah um uh I really like the idea of doing some kind of an after school program. You know, Great. I think that the scholarship idea, super, super dope. Also such a important part of that process of students being in a program is that guidance, yeah. you know? So like money can go a long way. Like if a scholarship were able to provide a laptop for someone to get pro tools record in their bedroom like that is a phenomenal opportunity, but also just to have that guidance from the teacher, you yeah. know, whether it's, I mean, not necessarily, you know, a regular high school class, but like an after school program where we get some local artists in, you know, maybe it's here in Frogtown. I don't yeah. know, you know. So I think that that idea is still kind of, you know, being worked out, but I know that that's something that Jake really likes. Yeah. Well, let's hold that thought for a second. I'm going to pause this again for just a second. Dope. And uh, when we come back, let's talk about sort of like, I'm looking ahead. I see your piece of paper. I'm scoping, oh, sure. I'm scoping your oh, okay. notes. Let's, let's, talk, let's, <laughs> talk about, let's talk about some goals, okay? We'll be right back. <laughs> All right, we are back rolling. Okay. Um, we were talking about um, the scholarship and or possibly – after school, After school program, program possibly you know for Lexi or honoring Lexi Alger. Yep. Um, and we stopped to go get another uh, glass water. of water, and because uh, that's definitely what we're drinking. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> while we were talking off the microphone, I think that there was uh, there was a little bit more talk. So let's let's recap just a little bit. So 
Um, there was a big show at First Big Avenue. event. Yes, just last night. Yep. And it was sold amazing. out. It was amazing. Yes. I am mostly certain that it sold out. Um, you know, and just like so phenomenal of Kalani to volunteer her time, you know, um, that is just tremendous. So yeah. I don't know, you know, I, yeah, I just huge, huge shout out to Kalani for being so cool to fly here and, and, uh, do just an awesome performance. I, to be honest, I'm not that familiar with her music. Yeah. Um, but seeing her last night she's you know killer performance um really quality stuff but also just super nice of her to to be willing to put that time in to honor lexi and and help raise funds really for saint paul i mean that's something that yes is happening right here and will benefit uh young artists yeah that's the goal you know so this pivots me to something that I wanted to talk about as well, because Victoria Theater Arts Center is who produces this podcast. I'm the one talking to you. But okay. Like, All right. That's is, cool. I didn't know that released. coming into this, yeah, yeah. actually, but that's the, dope. Yeah, this is to be released sort of like through our podcast channel. Awesome. Um, and like, that's a thing we're all about. We're trying to create that space in yep. St. Paul, in Frogtown and Rondo yep. for our creative youth and our creative elders and everybody in between. That's fantastic. To, to come and, and get their voices heard. Okay. And I, just, I can only imagine that like, you know, had we actually had the doors open at the time, like, you know, we could have been a venue for Alexi Alger to come and put on her show. Mm-hmm. We could have been a space to have the community come together and, you know, and celebrate her life and her, un- and when she passed away in an untimely right. way. Um, so, you but, know, it's like uh, these, you know, as, I hate that it has to come to somebody passing yeah. um, before we celebrate them. So I'm looking at it like, mm-hmm. man, as a community, we can do better. We can we can celebrate these people while they're still with us, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Yep, I agree 100%. And, you know, like, honestly, as the conversation about possibly doing an after-school program was happening, or is happening, I should say, the one of those questions is like, where are we going to do it? Yeah. You know, and... In my mind, it made sense to do it in a in a school that already has an audio recording program with equipment, computers, Pro Tools, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. But you know, it doesn't have to be like I really like the idea of it not necessarily being attached to an existing music program, so we can just do our own thing. Yeah. You know, and go in any direction that we want to. So maybe it's possible that we yeah we'll, could do that through the theater we'll, i don't we'll, know we'll that, have that to we'll have to talk will, we'll have we'll to talk continue yes yeah we'll have to show you some of the plans we got cooking okay, up cool um the uh anything else you want to say about lexi alajay like do you have i i know that right now it's fundraising time and we're trying to get right. the money together for oh the yes well there is a GoFundMe. me yep that's what i was going to ask is um, there a link that we can steer there people is. to? yes i will definitely get you the information about that link um so if you're watching this on YouTube, the link will be in the description below. Yep. Um, and if you are listening to the podcast, we'll make sure that it is in the podcast description as well on whatever service you're listening on. Cool. So make sure you actually scroll down and look. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, if you're interested in donating, I'll also try to make sure that we get a link to that. Uh, you know, hell, I'll put the link the link to that song, Grew Apart, that I was talking about earlier. Great. Um, and we'll we'll make sure that you get a little bit of a chance to see what Lexi Allergy was all about. Um yeah, very cool, man. Um, let me ask you about some St. Paul things real quick. Absolutely. Like I said in the beginning, I know you as a St. Paul dude. I am, yeah. I have lived in both St. Paul and Minneapolis, but I primarily am a St. Paul dude. Yeah. Very much so now. All right. Uh, this is a series of questions we're asking everybody. Okay. Um, Hit me. Name three things that you love about Frogtown Rondo. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, let's see. Um... Chu Chow, Saigon, or as they have rebranded, IFA. Yep. And non bistro. Okay. Three things that he loves about St. <laughs> Paul straight up pho. <laughs> <laughs> You're not the only one. So, yeah. follow up to that. I'm not going to ask you about the things you hate about St. Paul. But what okay. three things. What are three things that you don't love about Frogtown Rondo? Sure. I feel disconnected, you know, from my friend. Like, honestly, a large portion of my friends live in Minneapolis. And I'm DJing much less than I was. But, 
primarily most of my DJ gigs were in Minneapolis and you know um I I do really love Frogtown and I love access to the awesome restaurants that we have down university um but there's a part of me that kind of wishes I could just like walk out of my house and you know run into I don't know you know I run into your homies yeah something like that or you know you know, you know there's a solution for that though right make more actually possible people. two solutions just kick it with more people in st paul yeah just you know <laughs> meet your neighbors as well oh yeah and yeah, then yeah, the yeah. other one is of course just convince your friends to move <laughs> that's maybe a little bit more challenging of an option i have more friends that are trying to get me to move to my books, but that's not gonna happen yeah um yeah so you know that's not st paul's fault yeah that's just you know i don't know i, I hate to say it, that's your fault that's my fault <laughs> that's my fault. you know that's something that's been in the back of my head for years but I'm definitely not moving. I got a house, you know, and anytime I think about moving, it's like, I'm not going to give up my house. My whole house is a big studio, a bunch of different studios. I got art studio. I got multiple art studios. I got a design space, you know, where I work on my graphic design. I got a music studio. I got, you know, modest little screen printing studio set up in the basement. I can bang out some art prints and I'm not going to find something like that by good, you know, going to get an apartment. That'd be stupid, you know, I don't know. All right. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop that line of question right there because I'm nervous. Is that it for St. Paul? Yeah, no. What's next? Okay. Single best bite of food you've had on University Avenue in St. Oh. Paul. Oh, damn! Oh man! Oh well. Shit. On University, huh? Okay. Um. Well, can I can I mention like? or three yeah sure <laughs> okay <laughs> well i you know i worked on university for years before i even moved to the neighborhood um but i would get uh the sp- spicy beef at hoi bien okay yeah yeah and it's basically just like thinly sliced beef with the just most insanely delicious dark sauce and onions, and I would have them add broccoli. So that was like a go-to yeah. with rice. Shout out to Hoi Bien. Shout out to Hoi Bien. And um, another just, you know, it's so funny because I I have art show up right now at, um, at I don't know. Can't remember the name of where your art Not show is. Show. I don't know why. That, <laughs> I just said it a second ago. I don't know why that slipped my mind. So... The place is full of my artwork, and I love those guys. I got friends that work up there. I've been going there since before it was non bistro. Um, but yeah, it was what was Caravo? Well, that's that was the family's restaurant. Um, and yeah, what yeah, was before that? I had, again, it's, Sarah. I don't know what was between Caravo and non. Yeah. Well, all right, that's cool. We'll we'll, we'll figure it out with the uh, internet. Later It'll on. pop into my head. Yeah, right after I leave. But um, I, for some reason, I did, I hadn't gone there in a while. But I did just go back recently and had their fuh, and it was probably the best fuh I think I've had yeah. in a very very long time. So yeah. it's just phenomenal. They're really they're a little bit more expensive than the other yet yeah, amuse joints down university, but. The shit that they're doing is is banging. Yeah. It's really, really good quality stuff. So we interviewed one of your neighbors. You did? Damien Strange. Oh, shit. Okay. And uh, he actually said that his favorite bite was the oxtail pho at Nan, which okay. is not always on the menu, okay. but he said that was the gotcha. single best bite. Mm, mm-hmm. And you mentioned earlier Trey Chow, and I said mm-hmm. that like, they're sort of like everything pho there is my favorite I, I do really bite. like their pho. Yeah. I was going to mention as my third bite of food, since you let me expand to three, yeah. their fried chicken is yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. Like that is really banging. Yeah. You know, and... This side of the river, I kind of have to say that that's the best fried chicken. I mean, I know like everyone's got their own thing. Yeah, there's like and the Hickory you know. Hut is crushing it. <laughs> Maybe they're different lanes, but True Chow fried chicken, Minneapolis gotta go with the Monte Carlo. Yeah. I don't know. We're not going to talk too much about Minneapolis. This is a St. Paul okay. podcast. All right. well, Shout we, out to our friends in Minneapolis, including at Monte Carlo. But uh, yeah, we're, we're going to keep it about St. Paul for this yeah. one. And um, the next 
podcast is actually all about fried chicken, so we won't go too far into yeah, that. Yeah, for this one. Yeah, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll, we'll, leave, we'll talk we'll about the rise that. of the big local Buffalo Wild Wings, mm. and yeah, uh, a lot of people don't realize that's a Minnesota couple. company. Is it? I've only been once. I thought it was good. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. It's it's not bad. I don't, you know. But I just like that it's a Minnesota. Co- or it was. I don't know if it still is. I think it might have yeah. been sold. But okay, you know, there you All go. Right. Support the Minnesota companies. But let's support the Frogtown and Rondo yeah, companies. Does. So yeah. that's that's where it's at. Um, Absolutely. Are you uh, are you plugged in with any of our sort of like neighborhood organizers around here? Um. Let's see. Well, God, I just met Danielle Swift. Yep. Um, or Frogtown Neighborhood Association. Yes. Yeah. So she's just crushing it locally. Um, she she kills it with live streams. Anytime there's anything important going on in the neighborhood and she's there, that's Coast she's was 100% my live streaming. Yeah. You know? So uh, I met her. Some friends, Dustin and Leslie, were having a uh, little dinner, housewarming party. And so that's where I met Danielle. But I recognized her yeah. from her. From the live stream. From the live stream. Yeah. I was like, don't I know you? Are you, do you live in Frogtown? <laughs> yeah. Yep. She's right over there, too. So, yeah. Um, but, you know, I uh, I think Damien Strange is doing some phenomenal things. Yeah. Just in the Twin Cities. You know, he's Frogtown-based artist. He's, I don't know if he's still involved, but he's been involved with the theater. And, yep. You know, um, so he's like a block away from me. Yeah, you know, I I we don't like hang all the time, but I see him doing some some really good things. So there's know? there's have, there's a guy you could walk out your door and hang out with. Which, man. <laughs> you're right. You're one hundred percent correct. You are right. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Anything yeah. else that you want to talk about that we haven't touched on? God, I don't. Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, I'm kind of curious to hear what you've been up to. You know. <laughs> I uh, I've been working on trying to get the Victoria Theater Arts yeah, Center up and cool. running. Like that's a big that's been a big thing. And then otherwise, I've been at home being a dad. Okay, you know, uh, yeah, I love it. I've uh, I've been. You playing, guys are making been, food. You know, from my I think our last conversation was about pho at the Turf Club. Yeah, <laughs> what was that show? Where, 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 where? Oh, Black Alicious. Yeah. So yep. yeah, I don't know. I'm just, yeah, I'm so food minded these days. Uh, yeah. I feel it's probably because I'm getting old. You know what? It's also that it's the middle of winter. Yeah. Okay. And uh True. everybody goes for comfort foods. Yeah. Which is why I think right now as we're recording this, like half the people who respond to the what's the best bite of food thing say pho, the pho over at XYZ. Yeah. Because okay. it's like All ultimate right. comfort food. Okay. We'll, so, we'll, we'll chat about some other spots. After yeah. This, but, <laughs> so are you guys still out? What? I think roseville area where yeah you? we we bought a house in roseville okay um just because we we wanted to buy like i grew up right here on the border of midway frogtown yeah yep for and sure Tom, off been, thomas right oh uh, yeah lafond yeah. Yep. yeah yep so yeah we've been yeah, okay we were looking for a house that was maybe just a little closer to, to como sure and we had our site set on one that was like amazing we were really excited about it and we went and looked at it, and we were going to put it in the offer. And that Good night, my spider there. senses were tingling. It was raining. And I said, let's go look at it again. It's like nighttime now. And oh. uh, the realtor begrudgingly takes us out there. It's like getting after dark. So he's like, what are you going to look at in the dark? Sure enough, there's like two and a half inches of water in the basement. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's just like the chimney, like of the, the chimney on that house is just like, like trash. Like okay. water is just pouring in it, you know? So, wow. uh, so he was like, well, you didn't want to be out here, but <laughs> I got a house that you need to look at. And we walked in there and in, in my, Andy Boone was just like instantly in love with it. Love so it. we're okay. a little further away than I wanted to be. Yeah. But yeah. That's cool. Gotcha. All my, all my friends and family are still in Frogtown Rondo. Okay. And, uh, this is where I still find myself all the damn well, time. Well, <laughs> let's kick it, man. You know, come through. I, we can get yeah. the, let's bust out that old sampler again, you know? Yeah, man. Let's do it. <laughs> I don't um, know. Did, didn't your brother leave in the rain or something like that? No, my, but mine's toast. My I have my MPC 2000, but it's toast. No, I mean the original one, the Gemini. Oh, didn't he leave yeah, that yeah, outside? yeah, yeah. That's been going. I don't even yeah, know. I, yeah. I got an MPC, man. We can collab. Yeah. Um, oh, I do have a question for you. Yeah um kind of just back to the scholarship i'm just curious and i i i think that i that i heard this 
but I'm just curious, like, you guys are funding that through shows that you're doing at the Turf Club? Is that... Yeah, so high respects, and I'm not saying that you should do this for Lexi Alajay's thing. I think you guys should do whatever you think is right for your fundraising model. But for us, we've been doing... Uh, we just put on like a show a year, yeah. usually at the Turf Club, and okay. uh, just because we love the Turf Club and they seem to feel the same about us for some strange reason. Sure. Um, and uh, we do a show. Well, you do we do a great show. We don't get paid for it. We just mm-hmm. give all the money straight to the scholarship fund. That's awesome. And we give away, it was three $1,000 scholarships every year. Okay. And uh, now it's two $1,500 scholarships every year. And uh, we kind of changed it because we were realizing, like, okay, what do you actually do with the money? And Mm -hmm. $1,000 doesn't buy you the laptop. A $1,500 might. Um, Still pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, money is money. And Man, (laughs) I'll tell you. That's a good chunk. I'll tell you, um, whether it's going to be you or whether it's going to be Jake or if it's going to be somebody from Lexi's family. Well, just to clarify, it's, it's primarily Jake that's run on the show. Yeah, yeah. But but I'll say you should go Central Honors Night. Um, cause these kids, they don't know that they're going to win. They know they applied and they think everything is a long shot. Okay. So oh. like you call their name and like their friends go nuts and like they come up and they're sometimes like real shaken up by it. Um, so it's really cool to like be, be there and see them get surprised when they win that scholarship. It's like one yeah, of the, that's cool. it, we play shows every year and like we have some fun shows, but honestly, like one of the highlights of my year with high respects every year is yeah. giving away that scholarship. Yep. I bet. So worth going cool. to, to Damn. see the look on those kids faces. Oh man! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine, you know, and we're not giving away the biggest scholarship. It's not like we're giving anybody a free ride to college. There are scholarships that are doing that, dude. Who wouldn't be stoked to get fifteen hundred dollars? Yeah, for us, it's like we're trying to help kids that are that are uh, trying to pursue whatever their art thing is after high school as they move into college. Yeah, and like we've had situations where it's just like people are like, I, you know. I don't have the money to like, I'm renting a trumpet to play in band. And like, I were a broke family. I got a scholarship to go to school, but I don't have the money to have a trumpet. And so that's going to just fall out of my life. Mm-hmm. So you have that. And then you also have people who are like, Oh man, I'm spacing her name. And now I feel really bad about this. Cause I thought this was a really cool thing, but we had this, this, uh, Hmong girl who was like, she came, she was like, I am on a mission to document Hmong flute music, traditional Hmong flute music. Oh. Because it's out there. There are recordings of it, but it is nowhere transcribed in a way that somebody could like read the music and play it. Grant proposal right there. Like she for sure would But like what high school kid has got that? Like there's, you know, you're in 11th grade already thinking about this. And by the time you're graduating from high school, you're like, my plan is together. Sure. Like, so like. It it goes from like Damn. I just I just I mean, want to stay it goes I from I just want to stay connected to like yeah. I have this master plan mm-hmm. about preserving cultural heritage through music like you know it's like that's phenomenal you know you get we've had kids that run that gamut and it's really cool so. yeah that's super super cool yeah. yeah well that's you know I I really do miss being involved with that you know like just creative energy that that high school kids have, you know, I'm like, I'm pursuing this dream of mine to be a self-employed artist, which is awesome. You know, it's phenomenal. I'm still getting used to the whole concept of being my own boss, but, um, I really do miss kind of helping inspire young kids, you know, just, I don't, you know, so that's such a dope thing. Yeah. (laughs) Right on. Yeah. Well, so, more power to you, man. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> let's just no. get, let's just get more power to these kids. That's yeah, all I'm trying yes, to say. Absolutely. All right. I think we should wrap this up. I'm going to read a little outro thing that I okay. uh, that I have to read because okay. uh, I'm legally obligated to read this thing. Gotcha. Um, and I just lost it. I had it on my phone. Super professional of me, I know. Okay. Um. There we go. Uh, special thanks to our guest Adam Booker, aka. Book of B, a.k.a. Frank Bookman. Look hey. that up and figure out what that alter ego is all about. Uh, thank you very much for joining us today, man. It's good to see you. Um, if you like what you heard today on the show, please make sure to drop us a line at alive at 825 at gmail.com and rate us in whatever app you are listening to us in. 
Um, just give us like the top stars or whatever the highest rank you can, because that's that's what helps us pay those bills. Um, this show is hosted, recorded, and produced for Victoria Theater Arts Center by me, Chris Wilborn, with support from Sarah Nichols and MK Wynn. Our artwork was created by Dantes Ha. Um, original music and sound design by yours truly, completely royalty free. So if you like it, holler at me. Uh, thank you very much for listening. We'll be back next week with somebody else. Stay tuned. Thank you, Chris, yeah. for having me out. Yeah, man. Appreciate that, man. <laughs> Good chatting. <laughs> <laughs>